If we pull too much away from personalization, we'll lose that ability to, to show that we are listening, we understand, we care, we want to offer that value. And, you know, customer experiences is the battleground, right, for all different kinds of industries. Using something like a conversational pop-up. And so a conversational pop-up, instead of just like screaming at you to give an email address for 10% off, which adds no value to the user, actually like, ask a question to help the user first. A lot of people only think about the zero party data from being able to communicate on the website or via email, but SMS is an extremely valuable channel where you can ask them questions, they can give you responses back, and then you can add that to your zero party data. So rather than you know putting up your form or your survey or something like that and then saying, okay, now we have all this data, now what are we gonna do with it? Think about what you're gonna do with it, what you could do with it first. Um, and then back the data into that. In the wake of third-party data, zero and first-party data are fast becoming a priority. On today's episode, we're going to find out exactly why zero and first-party data are so important. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the e-commerce podcast dedicated to rapid growth in direct-to-consumer e-commerce selling. Now, if you work in marketing at an e-commerce business or a founder, I am going to help you sell more directly to your customers because each week on this podcast, I interview an expert, a founder of a direct consumer e-commerce business or a representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS product. We're focused on helping you improve e-commerce growth metrics such as your conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately sales. Our remit is to help you sell more sustainably to your customers, to the market, and uh, to the wider world. Speaking of which... This is the penultimate day. This is day seven 
on our series of um, expert panels from our recently concluded Commerce Excel conference. It was a Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and um, a Q4 focused event back in September 15th and 16th for people to get access to the recordings. It was premium. Um, you needed to pay, I think, $199 or thereabouts. But we've opened up the gates and we're giving it free in November in the lights of the fact that, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is just around the corner and you might need some of, you know, you might need some help. You you might need some of this content to, 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 to make final moves, to, to, to change into making this Q4 very meaningful for your brand. That's why we've put this out there. This particular episode was, was hosted by Rosie Bailey. She's the CEO of Nimble, an e-commerce negotiation, um, you know, chat tech app. And um, she really, really held this panel up. This was a very strong panel, I have to say. It, it had um, the founder, of someone who I really respect, Ben Parr. He's a co-founder of Octane AI. Um, I've read his book, Captivology, and it is an amazing book. I recommend it. And he, you know, he's he's a larger-than-life character who's talking about, you know, um, first-party data and zero-party data, something. Zero-party data is, um, you know, something, um, you know, um, Octane AI is at the... Um, at, at the, 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 the four, at, at, the, just ahead of the curve, re, really. Um, Val Geiser from um, Clavio, um, she's the Cosmo Evangelist at Clavio. Dan McGore, um, who's the founder and CEO of um, Dan McGore. And, and he's been on this podcast. And then Megan York from Imasis. Imasis is an incredible um, enterprise grade, um, I'll say CDP rather than just an email, you know, marketing, um, you know, platform. It's a CDP, um, you know, powering over 1,500, you know, um, retailers, uh, or many channel retailers that is. Um, so this is, this was a very strong panel and it, it's really in the light of um, this privacy driven world we're in. So if you look at privacy, governments um, are clamping down, you know, on um, on the amount of, um, on the way our data is passed, um, you know, along from one company to another. So from one tech platform to another. So if you look at Apple, Apple is a tech platform. And, um, you know, when they have apps on there, they're passing on, you know, the data, um, you know, from the user data, essentially in their ecosystem to these other apps essentially or, or service providers and so you know they apple also have clamped down um with with, with their entire program on, on these ios updates and their att you know program so so what do you do as a retailer you know um because as a retailer you know you you just own a website and a few other storefronts so you, you might be you know selling on a mobile app you might be selling on a storefront um you might be selling you know um you know you definitely be selling direct to consumer in your e-commerce store and and perhaps also on marketplaces how do you gather as much information as possible that's actually relevant in order for you to sell you know more sell better and that's what this um this this particular episode was it's really about data, you know, customer data, you know, how to retrieve it ethically, how to use it ethically, and how to improve your bottom line with customer data. And Rosie did a terrific job getting, you know, um, insights from, you know, all of our, all of our guests, you know, um, and, and, uh, this is one. This is this is a really really good episode. So if you're listening to this, you know, um, you're 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 in luck. You know, and this is a really really good one. Um, 
Before I let you go, before you start to listen to it, um, there's a small interlude from our sponsors of this podcast. Please listen. Um, their offers and and they keep this show going. So you know, take it seriously. Don't don't hit the skip button. Um, enjoy this episode, and I shall catch you tomorrow on the final day. Thank you. Cheers. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Nun, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Cloudways has become the hosting platform of choice for thousands of e-commerce merchants, SMBs, and agencies around the globe. Why? Well, there's a high-performing custom stack, top-notch security, the choice between five cloud solution providers, ease of scalability, affordable pricing plans, and so much more. Cloudways also offers support for all PHP-based applications like Magento, WooCommerce, WordPress, Laravel, and other. Experience an unbeatable managed cloud hosting experience with Cloudways today. For $20 free hosting credit, use the coupon code BOOSTMAG. That's B-O-O-S-T-M-A-G. That's BOOSTMAG. Moving dreams forward, Cloudways. And welcome back to the Commerce Excel Conference. What an amazing day so far. Welcome back to stage two, brought to you by Imarsis, the omni-channel engagement platform of choice for over 1,500 companies worldwide. Do more and learn more at Imarsis.com. I'm your host for stage two, Trevor Krotz, aka Trevor number one, and I am super excited to introduce this next session. So grab your notebooks and some pens and get ready because there's going to be lots of actionable tips from our panelists. This session aims to address what marketing teams need to do right now towards the run-up to the holiday buying season. How do they bolster their segmentation efforts across all of their marketing channels? And this panel is going to be amazing, featuring an all-star lineup, including Val Geisler from Clavio, Dan McGaugh from McGaugh.io, Ben Parr from Octane AI, and moderated by Rosie Bailey from Nibble. Over to you, Rosie. Thanks so much, Trevor. Lovely to be here. And thank you very much for such a warm welcome. Very high energy for the end of the day here in the UK, but middle of the day for you guys in in North America. Um, We're going to be talking about zero and first party data in this expert panel. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I'm Rosie Bailey. I'm the CEO of Nibble Technology, and I'm here to be your host. For your background, I'm, I'm a tech entrepreneur, but I'm also a very passionate supporter of science education for kids. So if you want to engage with me, you can talk to me about that till the end. Um, and at Nibble, we've designed a technology that helps you negotiate online, but it makes your customers smile. So there we go. But without any ado, I need to do a little bit of housekeeping. I've been given very firm instructions to make sure that, that you understand this meeting's being recorded. And, um, and can you, if, if you can, please, uh, for the panelists, keep your devices on mute during the panel discussion. 
Um, you can use the ask a question feature, which is on the right of your screen. So she's trying to work out which way is the right with mirroring. And you can engage with us on social media. So let's get to the topic. We've got a death of um, third party data. So zero party data and first party data is now becoming a vital topic for us all to engage with and understand how we can act in the run up to the Black Friday um, season, but also um, for the longer term. And so this expert panel will talk about how you can actively and passively collect that data and use it to deliver personalized messaging. So can I do some introductions? Hopefully at this stage, technically, they will all appear on stage. But we have Val Geisler from Clavio. Hey, Val, thanks hey, so Rosie. much for joining us. Yeah. Um, we have Dan McGraw from danmcgraw.io. Hello. Awesome, awesome. And we have Ben Hart Parr from Octane AI. Hello, everyone. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Lovely to see you all. So um, I think I'll start, and we have Megan York. Excellent. Megan, Megan is joining us from Imasters. Megan, welcome to the panel. Hi, everyone. Hi. So I think what we'll do is we will start um, to as with everything live, we, we are under-rehearsed and overexcited. So we will start with a round of introductions. I'll just ask you all to step in and introduce yourselves. And then after we've done um, introductions, I might ask Ben to step forward and just give us a few definitions and an introduction to what it is we're talking about, just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So perhaps for introductions, could we start with you, Val? I'd love to hear from you, your background, where you come from. Sure. I'm Val Geisler. I'm the customer evangelist at Clevio. And uh, I love talking about first-party data, uh, zero-party data, Ben, uh, customer-first marketing, all the same thing. Um, I am a huge believer in centering what you do around your customers. And I think we have to remember that they're people and not credit cards. And that's the most important thing in my mind. And that's what I'm here to chat about. Excellent. Thank you very much. And Dan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm Dan Maga, CEO, founder of Maga.io. Uh, we're a marketing technology and marketing analytics agency that works with a ton of good brands at building their tech stacks. Uh, I also wrote the book on how to build a cool marketing stack called Build Cool Shit. So excited to be here and uh, looking forward to helping everybody out. Thanks very much. And Megan, could we... Hi, everyone. My name is Megan York. Um, as Rosie said, I'm I've come here from Amarsis. Um, I've spent a lot of years in the MarTech space, took a brief hiatus to do live entertainment marketing. But prior to that, uh, was working for, if you can believe it, in 2010, one of the very first product recommendation companies <laughs> out there in the market, which was acquired by a company called Exact Target, which then, you know, was acquired by Salesforce. So I've had the opportunity to work with marketers for a really long time, understanding how um, technology can help them reach their customers in new ways and offer really amazing customer experiences. So um, excited to talk about how some of these things that were old are now new again and uh, talk about how we can creatively uh, use zero party and first started party data to really offer those personalized customer experiences um, to all of our shoppers. Thank you very much, Megan. That's, that's fantastic. And Ben, uh, if you could introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Parr. I am president and co-founder of Octinii. We're college of the zero-party data marketing platform. So we are especially known for a set of data collection tools, our shop quiz, and our conversation pop-ups being the best known. 
to help learn about customers and guide them through purchase the customer journey on their website and then leverage that data across platforms like Klaviyo and Marcus and other places to do email, SMS, and a more personalized marketing experience. In a previous life, I was the co-editor and editor at large of Mashable, and I wrote a best-selling book for HarperCollins called Captivology on the Science and Psychology of Attention, where we pay attention to certain people, products, and ideas. Well, we're clearly super lucky to have you all with us. Thank you so much for, for, for coming together to do your time. I think we might start just to get everybody on the same page. Ben, if you could start off, just set the context on, on what is zero and first party data so that we're not, we're not accused of sort of, we do a bit of jargon busting. Um, and then we can move quite, quite quickly on to sort of why it's such a huge focus um, for, 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 for brands right now. So this is a question, you know, I think we get, a lot because you hear third party, first party, zero party. So I'll kind of give the super short version. So third party data, probably everyone's familiar with, it's data you don't own at all. It's data that's aggregated by other companies like Facebook or Google uh, that they use, that you borrow, like you may pay for an ad, for example, to learn more about customers, usually tracking people across a bunch of websites. Um, that's the data that's going to be going away. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, First-party data is the data that you collect by, like, tracking user behavior. So you're tracking, like, you know, what they're clicking, what they're doing on your website, what they purchased, things like that. Um, this is really, really important data, of course. And then the newer term, zero-party data. And zero-party data is the data that's collected directly from customers. And so that's the data that um, you collect by, like, asking them questions, like, through a survey or through a quiz, you know, like, what's your size or you know, what's your, like, what skin allergies do you have? And so that's kind of like the third, first, and zero. And I know I'm like, Val will talk about like, it's really critical to especially get that zero party data and that first party data. And that combo is super killer. Excellent. So if I heard you right, it's like being in the physical store with you, right? It's like having that superb store assistant actually chat to you and ask you what you need. Um, I, just the I, online I, Rosie, I think that's exactly right. Just like imagine like what the the equivalent of the human in the store would do. They would ask like, you know, like just a quick one. Like if, if you went to a shoe store and they asked, what's your shoe size? And you said 12 and they said, I have the perfect shoes for you. You'd be like, you don't know anything. This makes no sense. But if you ask a couple more questions, you're going to actually get to the recommendation and you're going to actually give confidence in that purchase. It's the same thing for online and e-commerce, we're just, you know, finally have the technology to actually do it. And you have to do it now with third-party data going away. And I think what's really interesting about that is it actually takes away some of that spookiness of being profiled by third-party data. And sometimes people get it right and sometimes people get it wrong. And I think at that point, I might vow, if it's okay, turn to you, because I think I really love the way you were talking about customer-first marketing, but treating them as people and not yeah. credit cards. And I just wondered if you wanted to add there because this is really about personalizing it in a very human way. Yeah, right. Like to follow on that store analogy, if you go to a store and someone just follows you around and constantly like hands you things, that's a very annoying experience. Um, and I think we've all actually been in that experience of walking in the door and somebody's like, how can I help you? And it's like, I need... I need a chance to actually be in the store and look around. And a lot of times I don't know exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and then, you know, five more point, points throughout the store, the next person's like, 
what can I help you find? How can I help you? What, you know, like same question over and over, just kind of following you around the store. It's not a great experience. And it makes you feel like the only thing you're there for is to buy something from them. Versus a, if you shop at a small boutique or a store with a different kind of uh, customer experience overall, you might walk in and uh, wait. They might wait until you're actually touching something before they come talk to you and say, "Oh, yeah, you know that has been flying off the shelves. People love it. Let me, you know, what size do you wear? Let me check and see if we have your size. Uh, have a conversation with you about what you're shopping for, what the occasion is, um, if you're just browsing all those things. So we, I feel like most people um, and have had those two very different experiences in real life. And, and we forget when we get online that there's still human beings involved and um, we can we can recreate that horrible experience or we can recreate that really good personal feeling experience where you feel valued as a person and that the the people selling to you ultimately it's the boutique's job to sell you product or they go out of business the same way it is a big box store um, but they do it differently and through recognizing the humanity in you and uh, and acknowledging who you are and what you need and and also waiting for you to share information instead of like bugging you for it. <laughs> Totally agree. Totally agree. And when we spoke, Megan, um, before, you know, when we were sort of thinking about how to kind of frame this in the panel, I think you had some some views on on how important it is overall to personalize the experience. Um, I didn't know whether you wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, customers have been saying for a very long time that they are more than willing to give their information over to companies if in in exchange they get valuable offers that they actually want. So I think customers have understood this for a very long time. Like if I let you know all the things that I'm interested in and what I want to buy and what my price range is and all this, and then you offer me um, things that are going to provide a lot of value for me, I'll gladly give that over. You know, I think we as a marketing tech space have gotten sort of enamored with the technology for a long time and what we could possibly do as you know Val was alluding to a little bit and that doesn't mean maybe that's what we should have done so I feel like along the way we've we've um, you know we have lost a little customer trust when we we were focused more on the things we could do and not the value that we were giving to our customers by doing those things and so um, you know, customers want that personalization, but they also want that to be on their terms and within their control and something that they feel comfortable with. And so, um, you know, I think that that's why this conversation is, is super important because um, if we pull too much away from personalization, we'll lose that ability to, to show that we are listening, we understand, we care, we want to offer that value. And, you know, customer experiences is the battleground, right, for all different kinds of industries, but especially um, in retail and e-commerce. So we need that data to be able to offer the wonderful customer experiences that we, um, you know, that the technology facilitates. It's just how are we getting that data? How are we treating it? And then how do we as marketers put more value or I guess more time and effort on the value we're going to provide to the customer through, you know, a loyalty program or personalized product recommendations or a website that's just tailored to exactly what they're looking for. So, you know, how do we steer the conversation back to not just 
what data are we getting and how can we follow the person around, but actually what, what value is the customer getting from engaging yeah. with us? Don't just get the data, do something valuable with it. Yeah, the data does it no good if you're not using it. I mean, you can have quizzes on your site that Octane helps you produce and get all that data and um, and have it sit inside your Klaviyo account and never do anything with it and send the same emails to everyone on your email list. But that kind of defeats the purpose of the technology and and why you collected the data in the first place. If you're collecting it just for your own purposes, just to have the data, um, I think that that's ultimately like what we need to be asking is why are we collecting this data in the first place and what am I going to do with it on the back end? So it's not just like, let's set up a quiz and get all this data. Maybe you need to get something out the door and shipped and that's fine. Um, but then immediately starting to think about what am I doing with this data once I have it? What kind of segments and flows am I setting up? And how am I speaking differently to each of these customer types, um, depending on how the data shakes out in the end? That's, that's great. And it's a, it's a really good segue. To, I, I was going gonna, was gonna to move across to Ben and then to Dan and just to sort of give you... Some, some some sort of opportunity to maybe talk about um, best-in-class behaviors you've seen because, of course, the audience watching this, they want to know, okay, we get the, the problem, we get the opportunity. Are there recommendations that people on this panel can say you've seen somebody do something best-in-class? So so maybe Dan and, and then Ben, just to say, what have you seen people doing in the run-up to Black Friday that other people could take away from this call and try and implement? Yeah, and thanks so much. I mean, I think one of the big things about all this data, right, is that naturally there's first party, there's zero party. You want to track data as much as you can, and you want to be able to store that in a productive way so you can use it later. And, you know, I don't think all data that we collect can be used soon. Some of it gets used at a much later time. But when you think about some of these e-commerce brands or even in-person brands that are doing a really good job collecting this zero party data, you know, there's some really easy ways to do that, right? Like one of the things that we see as a huge success, a company that we work with called Forks Over Knives, large vegan brand, right? The problem that they have is you have to understand where somebody is in the buyer journey. So as soon as somebody signs up for their email list, great, we can send them an email, but what do we send them, right? So a really easy, simple trick that we they use that was super helpful is the first email they send somebody, it would say, hey, welcome to our email list. We really care about delivering you content and products that you care about. Why don't you let us know where you're at in your vegan journey? And there were simply five buttons in that email that allowed them to tell us where they were at. They were vegan curious, they were vegan and struggling, they were fully vegan, whatever it may be. But once we had that information and they would tell us what they were actually doing, we would save that and then change their entire nurture sequence to, of course, speak to them like they're a human being, not a credit card, but also speak to them in words and language that would actually resonate with them. Because naturally, every business has different persona that they're going after. And if you can understand where that persona is in that buyer journey, you can speak to them and actually get them to convert. And with that brand, they were able to dramatically increase their conversion rates because they were able to deliver the right product to the right person. Because if you're vegan curious, you're probably not trying to be diehard and into everything that they have to sell. But if you're vegan fully, right, you're probably interested in buying their grain kits or their dressings or other things like that. So while this is not them necessarily typing in all their information, if you're able to send people really tactful emails or even pop-ups on the screen that allow them to tell you more about them, that's going to be able to open the door to give you better opportunities to market to them in the future. And, you know, Ben's technology is super rad in the fact that it allows you to do that really, really easily. But there's a lot of you can collect this over, right? You have to remember, SMS, you can collect a ton of information about your customers over SMS. Uh, you can do it on the website. You can do it on email marketing. But you do have to make sure that when you ask for that, 
you position it in a way that's going to benefit them. You can't do this as if you're benefiting yourself or it's an immediate turnoff for any one of those customers. I love that. That's really important. Benefit to the customer. Ben, you want to add? Thanks for the shout out, Dan. Um, I'll give a specific example. Cause like, so one, like, you know, getting into the nitty gritty, we actually like, we wrote a like 40 page playbook, just like on the specific flows of like, you take this data and you take the specific action octaneai.com slash playbook if you want to see the specific flow. So I'm going to talk a little bit about. So like one example is uh, Doe Lashes, which, you know, is like a well-known Shopify, Shopify Plus brand. They use Klaviyo, a bunch of other products in the ecosystem. And they use their quiz to like recommend different like eyelashes. There's a couple of interesting things when they started doing a quiz to use it to collect zero-party data. One was that they actually learned new things about their customers they didn't know before, and they could not have learned otherwise. One big lesson is that they had no idea about was that the vast majority of their customers were first-time users of Lashes. They thought most of them were experts coming in. The result was like they actually created a whole new set of like Klaviyo email flows and other flows uh, based on that data to educate customers about how to use like and wear like new like Lashes and things like that. Uh, a second one was like they were able to leverage that data in their welcome series. So this is something more relatively new. And so like instead of hearing like traditional email welcome series, for example, is, you know, hi, here's a note from the founder or he and then followed by like, you know, like here's like a, a, some of our popular products, you know, they actually personalize based on like, did you answer that you were a newbie or not a newbie as an example? And so they send different emails based on that. Um, they send different product recommendations in the emails based on that information. They even have a question in their quiz where they ask about what your favorite cartoon as a kid was, was growing up. It's actually a clever way to figure out what age each person is based on which was their favorite cartoon. But they have an email that actually references that cartoon or a special fact from that cartoon. And that actually increases the conversion rate as well. And so that's like one unique way in which to like go and use it and say like a welcome series. You could personalize everything from like the specific recommendations you send in a text message or in an email. You can personalize the subject line that you send. You can personalize aspects of the website as well, like being able to like recommend slightly different products. Like if you know somebody is a cat person or a dog person and you're a food, like a pet food website, you could be really targeting your marketing towards like, do they have a cat or do they have a dog? It's simple, but it has a tremendous impact on the conversion rate overall. And that's just like one example of how you can leverage the data in a very specific way to drive better conversions, but also just make your customers a lot happier and like help them get through the fog of figuring what they want to buy. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. 
if you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, that extend your seven day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. I think too, to Dan's point, you don't have to collect it all at one time. And I think that's really important. It's one, it's important for the customer's experience. Because again, if this is like, you as a salesperson talking to a person in your store and you just pepper them with question after question, they're going to get exhausted or leave. Um, and so asking those like important upfront questions so you can better understand um, what is your shoe size and what are you, what are you buying shoes for? Um, you know, like that, that's the most important question. And then you can ask them, what sports they play or uh, how often they travel or, you know, those other things that you can ask based off of the previous answers. So, and you can take your time building that through email flows, through SMS, uh, through further quizzes on different product pages. There's lots of ways you can do it, but you don't have to collect everything all at once up front and then um, worry about utilizing all of it all at one, one time. I have, to, I have to throw this out there though. If you don't know what this experience looked like of being peppered with questions, there's a great personalization is creepy video by Accenture. If you just Google that and check out their YouTube video, you'll understand what a customer feels like when we have all this data and we're peppering them. Uh, it's a great video to watch uh, to help you understand how bad of a customer experience you can create if you are pestering your, your visitors to your site. Because in the real, the real world, we wouldn't tolerate it, but for some reason on the internet, we think it's okay. And I, some branches do it really bad. Uh, check out those videos if you're interested in seeing a really funny video about that. Well, and that's the thing. There's just such an opportunity to make it fun. You know, one of our customers, sportsdirect.com, has an AI-powered stylist on their website. So, you know, the, the shopper comes, uh, you know, they are choosing to engage with that stylist and the stylist is asking um, all of these great questions about, you know, what I like to wear. And, you know, Valley said, where are they going and what teams they like and, and all of these things. So it becomes a fun and engaging experience. You know, I keep aging myself, but I think back when we used to, you know, encourage people to set up a preference center. I mean, that was like going checking boxes. You know, I mean, that wasn't a that wasn't a great customer or that wasn't a great or fun experience or anything like that. It was like our, our first move into personalization. 
um, now, you know, like I said, it's been fun to see how we've gotten so creative to be able to get that explicit data from people that we can then, you know, match up with their behavioral data to, to really get to know them. And then, like everyone said, put that in an email or the web or a mobile message or in your mobile apps that, you know, whatever channel they're on, the customer um, knows that you were paying attention. But but the fun aspect, I think, is and the creativity is what we're able to inject in these uh, ty- types of data gathering exercises now, which is, um, which is fun to see. I love that. And who doesn't like talking about a cartoon, right? Like, and, and things like that. Uh, so perhaps that leads me on to, is there anyone on the panel or perhaps all of you want to talk about, we've talked about gathering this data in different ways and not being in a rush and perhaps layering it on top. It seems to me like Black Friday might be a great opportunity for brands who either haven't started too much of this first party and zero party data collection to get started or people who even started to kind of bolster their their insights. Any any suggestions or tips for the season that you think might work really well that you've seen with your clients or your friends? Yeah, I, I think sending those kinds of communications now to your existing list, if you don't already have them sharing data with you on uh, you know what matters most to them or asking them those questions that you might build the quiz on for your site for new customers and for all of your well you definitely should build that quiz on your site for all of your new acquisition that you're going to get over holiday um, so you don't want to forget the new customers but but I think it's almost more important right now to think about uh, your existing customers and how can you best serve them over this holiday season, getting that data from them. And even if the data point is like, hey, we don't actually want to hear from you during Black Friday. Like I'm, I, I know what I'm getting everyone for the holidays. I don't want to get my inbox overloaded over the this long weekend. Um, when I before I worked at Clavio, I was an email consultant and I sent several of those opt-outs from Black Friday emails. And one, they were revenue generating. So even though the call to action in the email, the only call to action was to opt out if they chose to, they still made money for the business. Um, and two, we got so much goodwill from existing customers who said like, hey, I really appreciate it. I lost my job this year or we decided to do a family trip or whatever it was um, that they were saying, we still want to engage with you as a brand. We just don't want to hear from you as much over this holiday weekend. That's going to be really busy anyways. So. Um, Gathering the data of the things that they they want to hear from you, whether it's about your products or like not at all, I think is a really valuable way to approach your existing customers. And then obviously, um, I think Ben can share some ideas about what to do for your uh, new customers that are hitting your site right now and through the holidays. Really interesting, Val, and all about treating people like humans. A lot of people haven't had a chance to travel as much as they might have liked this year, right? So maybe yeah. they want to travel with family and they don't want to hit the shops for the first time for a while. There was a very famous UK-based uh, opt-out for Mothering Sunday. I don't know whether it hit the States, but a flower brand championed it. And I don't know whether it's yeah. gone viral. Um, so yeah, yeah, we really saw a lot of those uh, Mother and Father's Day um, email opt-outs. Uh, it's kind of Etsy kind of kicked it off here in the States, and then a lot of other mm-hmm. brands followed suit. We saw a lot of Clavio customers doing that, and um, mm-hmm. in their their own inboxes flooded with thank yous and stories about why it meant so much to them, and it's just that that human connection again. And Ben, I can see you've taken yourself up. Do you want to talk about like new customers? Is it, um... I mean, I mean, I just want to first say like everything in your marketing, 
empathy like really matters no matter which way and like value too right so like uh for the holiday season there's a different buying behavior than all the other seasons which is a lot of buying is forgiving right um and so what we see, for example, with a lot of our successful customers is like they might have a main quiz where there's like the guided shopping experience, but they will almost always make a like a gift finder of some kind specifically for like finding a gift. And it's like, you know, a little bit more holiday themed. And it's like I and like they'll email it out and just being like, if you want to like get some suggestions for like figuring out for your your spouse or for your kids or for whoever you're shopping for. And then there's just a new different kind of set of questions to go and ask like what you yeah, look. Um, who you're shopping for and like what their preferences are or like helps them also think about the questions that they need to ask to find out like what to actually go and buy. That helps a ton and we see a ton of activity during the holiday season. Uh, one other one, and this is like newer, is like using something like a conversational pop-up. And so a conversational pop-up, instead of just like screaming at you to give an email address for 10% off, which adds no value to the user, actually like ask a question to help the user first. Like, most common one we see is what are you looking for? And so just even that question, what are you looking for, uh, helps a lot with like diving into a set of products that they're looking for uh, and like helping them make it much easier to navigate a website, especially if you have like, you know, more than a couple of products on your website. Suddenly now, like, you know, you get the conversation pop up and ask the question, you get the email address, they're much more likely to opt in uh, because they like want to get the answers and then they can recommend the answers right within the pop-up results is just like much higher conversion rate. We see a four X conversion rate. We actually had one customer, uh, miracle main care. They put a turn one on and they made six figures within under a month. And they like tripled the amount of like emails they got. And then they use that data to like, you know, segment the first email they send on their like welcome series. So win for everyone. I think big one overall is like in the shoes of the customer, you know, what's going to actually help them instead of what's going to help you. And that should just guide, not just like what you're doing on the site, but for all of your Black Friday marketing. And yeah, Dan, and it, I know you're it, limited for time, so I'd love to give you... Yeah, thanks so much. And, you know, thank you, everybody, for uh, being here. Unfortunately, I do have to drop off early. But, you know, I want to tailwind on that. I think one thing is really important as we're headed into Black Friday, we're headed into the holiday season. You know, you have a unique opportunity to convert your customers, which you mainly communicate with online, right? They come to your website, they interact with your website, and that's really it. If you can capture those phone numbers and get more mobile phone numbers, you can start to communicate with them much, much more through text. And in this time of year, text is going to be really, really powerful because it's going to separate you apart from all of those emails. The thing I just always want to make sure that people understand, if you're doing SSM, SMS marketing, don't just do the batch and blast. Don't just send out, hey, get 10% off today, come into the store. Try to make it so it's a two-way conversation. You can collect first-party and zero-party data through those text messages as well. We use a text bot system to give a free copy of my book away to people. And all they have to do is text the word MarTech to a number. And then that text bot is actually going to collect all of their information, including their address, information about them. It's going to save that. So not only can we use that data offline in the text messages, but we can also use it online to better tailor their customer experience. So, you know, a lot of people only think about the zero party data from being able to communicate on the website or via email. But SMS is an extremely valuable channel where you can ask them questions, they can give you responses back, and then you can add that to your zero-party data. So I highly recommend to test that out uh, and check it out because it's definitely going to be something that sets you away from everybody else at Black Friday is if you're authentic with your SMS, you're still able to collect that zero-party data and help them have a better experience. But I do apologize. I do have to jump. It was great to see everybody on the panel again. Good job, everybody, and I'll talk with you soon.
Thank you, Dan, and a really great piece of advice for, for us. Um, so, so Megan, I, I don't know whether I, I can invite you at this point to, to add in uh, whether you've got any hints and tips, things that you think should be on people's minds for, for this holiday season. Yeah, I mean, Rosie, you mentioned it a little bit, but um, we can't forget we're still under, you know, a retail season that has a pandemic or COVID-19 written all over it. You know, we did a, a global study of, of retailers and most retailers are thinking, you know, I may not have in-store, you know, sales this year, pushing everybody to digital, yet we ask consumers and 40% of them want to go shopping in stores. So, you know, it's really a, a time when I think um, to cover all of their bases, retailers sort of have to figure out how to be everywhere at the same time. And so, you know, I think, you know, that's often like a utopia and kind of a stretch, especially if somebody's just getting started with these things. So, you know, I would just encourage people to uh, sort of think baby steps towards kind of an omni-channel strategy, but think, you know, during this Black season or Black Friday season, how could I better connect my email to my website? How do, could I better connect my website to a, a mobile strategy? You know, maybe even pick two channels that you're going to make sure um, that you're collecting data from each one of those places in an implicit or explicit way, and then and then tying those two channels together. So again, when those people come back, they you know whatever channel they choose is is reflective that you know you've seen them before and you're kind of saying hey welcome back rather than starting out from from new um i think i would also say as ben brought up you know a lot of these times especially if we're using implicit data and looking at what people are shopping for to try to infer preferences um about them it's hard because people are shopping for gifts, right? So, uh, you know, this this may be the time to actually execute a, a zero-party data strategy to say something like, you know, enough about them, tell me about you, as just, you know, one question on a purchase confirmation page or something like that. So that you at least, you know, you, you make sure that you are understanding, you know, for the future, not about a person's children or a whole family or, you know, cousin that lives in Idaho or something like that. But you're also using the opportunity to just understand a little bit more about them. I don't know. I've got kids. Like, <laughs> I've got brothers, blah, blah, blah. I buy so many gifts. God, I would find it so refreshing if someone said, you've done a great job. What about you? I know. <laughs> um. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Megan. Now, I, I, I'm, I've got half an eye on time and I don't want to be, be rushed at the end. So maybe if I can invite each of you to, to nail it for our, our, our audience and say, look, if there was one thing that you would really encourage them to think about, uh, that, that would be X. I'd love to hear from each of you in turn. And maybe you can tell us what you're holding out for to buy in Black Friday. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, what I want everyone to do is to go through their website, their customer journey as though they were their own customer. So whether this is something that you are actually capable of doing, or if you need to sit next to a trusted friend or family member while they do it, it is eye-opening to go through that process of uh, navigating your website, um, looking at all the various pop-ups and uh, distractions, and then um, opting into your email list. And what does that experience look like over time? You have the time right now to do that. 
where you can start to receive your email flows and see what those look like and um, what makes you want to click and open and what makes you uh, want to just delete or never look at again. Uh, I think it's really, it's an eye-opening experience to go through the customer journey yourself. Um, and if you, again, if you aren't able to do it yourself uh, because you feel too close to it, then uh, enlist a trusted family member or friend um, or actually go talk to one of your brand new customers. Um, so talk to somebody who has bought from you in the last couple of months and um, get to know how they experienced that journey. And it's, uh, it's one of the best things that any brand owner can do is go and talk to some new customers who have recently spent money with you and better understand why they made that decision and what helped them along the way and what was distracting or frustrating. Um, it will change the way you approach your brand heading into holiday for sure. Um, I'm one of the people who is trying to not spend over Black Friday because we are planning to take the kids to Disney uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> um, they're at school, so I can say that. Um, so don't tell them, but uh, we're doing... We're, the plan is a February trip. Of course, we all hold trips loosely at this point in, in the world. Florida one or the... Yeah, uh, we're in Ohio, so we're Florida. We're going to be Disney World people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this would be their first trip. And so we want to gift them uh, something. So we might shop something Disney branded uh, for everyone to to wear in anticipation of February. So you can unwrap something small. <laughs> yes, it's hard when you're four and seven to not have actual presence and then to wait for two months to go somewhere. So very long two time. months is an eternity, but yeah. Very good. Ben? Oh, I, have to think, I have to think about the present because uh, I'm only just beginning to think about it. Uh, so if anyone has suggestions for the coolest presents they've seen, please let me know. I've started seeing just a ton of interesting products. I am not yet at that point yet. I'm usually a little bit later on that cycle. Uh, well, I will encourage you, Ben, and everyone else to start thinking about holiday now because shipping times are going to be longer. There's uh, logistical de de delays across the board. So um, if you want something for holiday, get it now because it, it'll be gone or you won't get it in time. Yes, it's exactly. I mean, look, e-commerce brands out there, yeah, I know you're thinking about all these different kinds of things. You got to be thinking about all that. If I had to give one to like, like think about and you have time, a little bit of time right now, like get to personalizing your flows, especially email flows, your SMS flows too, if you can, because um, the, the reason why all of this has started happening is because of iOS 14.5, because ad rates have dropped and you cannot rely on Facebook ads and other ad platforms in the same way you did in past years. You need to do everything you can to increase the chance that someone gives you an email or a phone number their first, second, or third time visiting so you don't have to spend as much on retargeting ads. That's where you know a conversational pop-up or a quiz comes into play because the opt-in rates are much higher. But the second piece is like take that data, and as Megan has talked about and Val's talked about, like use that data, like even in the smallest of ways, to just be like, I asked one question in my conversational pop-up. What are you looking for? And then I reference that in the first email. Even something as simple as that is going to just have a dramatic increase in the open rate of your email and thus a dramatic increase in the conversion rates uh, that you're getting once like people have come through. So get those email addresses and those phone numbers earlier 
try to diversify away from ads just because the data that uh, ad platforms are using is becoming less and less sophisticated as more people opt out of tracking, which makes sense. And then personalize those email flows. Start simple, but then go from there. The more you do it, the more revenue you make, the happier your customers are. Fantastic. Everyone needs happy customers. And Megan, one final word So Val and I are in the same um, mindset. I will be purchasing snorkeling gear online for my kiddos. I am crossing my fingers. We will be going on a Puerto Rico trip. Uh, If not... Not sure what they'll be opening <laughs> Christmas Christmas Day. Um, so, you know, my advice would really be just, you know, like we've talked about as far as customer-centric marketing, think about the value you can provide first to your customers. What's the offer? What's the promotion? What's the program? I mean, what is the new and different and creative thing that you can give to your customers that is uniquely yours, that differentiates you from everybody else in your space. And then back the data in that you need to make that offer truly special for the customer. So rather than, you know, putting up your form or your survey or something like, and then saying, okay, now we have all this data. Now what are we going to do with it? Think about what you're going to do with it, what you could do with it first um, and then back the data into that. Because I think that that's where we land, um, as I mentioned to start out, that's where we land at that super positive value exchange. Yeah, don't just gather data, have a purpose. Yes. Totally. Look, I'm being, I'm being told privately uh, that we're running out of time. You guys have been so generous with your expertise and so specific in your advice that I'm sure everybody listening has taken away some amazing things that they can do for the holiday season. So thank you so much to Ben and to Val and to Megan and to Dan, who had to just quickly, quickly go earlier. And um, you, you guys take care. I'm looking forward to um, hearing more from you guys over time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.